Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. My name is Jesse Romero, one man car. The month of June is not Pride Month, it's the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Remember that, Catholics, and all of us should be reporting to for duty. The month of June is has been dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus since 1693. Sister Margaret Mary Alacoque had the first of four visions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with his Sacred Heart exposed. And his heart was burning with love for his people. So, consecrate yourself and your family to the Sacred Heart of Jesus this month and place or hang an image of the Sacred Heart in your home. You know what this does? This puts the devil on notice and lets other people that come into your house, it puts everybody on notice that this house belongs to Jesus Christ. He's king of this house. It also reminds you and your family that Jesus Christ is king and lord of our homes and our marriages and our families as well. I want to share with you, as Catholics, I know people don't don't talk about it oftentimes, but communism, the New World Order, is tied in with the Antichrist. Let me share with you my analysis. When you hear the word New World Order, let me describe to you what they're doing, and of course, we're going to talk about solutions, action items. But this is the, the lay of the landscape right now. The New World Order globalist, they're like, they're like an invading army. Just think, just think about the CCP. The New World Order globalists are like an invading army that attacks our country. And they take over the town in which you live in. So what do they do? They will seize and control City Hall, which is political and taxation control. Then the invading army will control the newspapers, radio, and television stations. Then the invading army will control phone companies, which means, which, which controls the means of social communication. So the invading army will control the banks and financial institutions, which is monetary control. Then this invading army called the New World Order globalist will control the major businesses, including the power and water plants, which control the means of production. Then the invading army will also seize control of the churches, schools, and medicine. What does this mean? This means they now have spiritual, educational, and physical control as well. Psychological warfare is used by this invading army. Psychological warfare is known as PSYOPs. It's interwoven throughout all of this control. And these demonically afflicted sons of Satan from the New World Order... These globalists, they're control freaks. 
Here's an example of what these control freaks are like. Just look at the complicated U.S. tax code to see what I mean. Through the control of the major institutions like government, corporations, big tech, big pharma, the mainstream media, in your own town, the invading army now takes control over the entire population. The enemy does not live in every single house, but they control the general population by controlling all of the major institutions in your town. Big government is powerful. So are gigantic corporations. They are very powerful. This is called corporatocracy. Think about what would happen if they formed an alliance to control the other planet, the entire planet. This would be called, plain and simple, Marxism, which has seized hold of our country and Catholicism in many quarters. It seeks to destroy all that went before and replace it with a world where the world of darkness, where humanity made in the image and likeness of God, is now enslaved to this new world order. Benito Mussolini said, quote, fascism should more properly be called corporatism because it is the merger of state and corporate power. That's what we have here in America right now. Exactly what Benito Mussolini described. He says, quote, fascism should be more properly be called corporatism because it is the merger of state and corporate power. Again, the, I'll say it again. The big government is so powerful and so are gigantic corporations. They are very powerful. This is called corporatocracy. And the question I'm asking, what would happen if they formed an alliance to control the entire planet? This would be called Marxism, which has seized hold of our country and Catholicism in many quarters. Now, there's always going to be a remnant. Let's pray that you and me are that remnant. But this is exactly what's happened to the United States of America and many other countries. Very simple, wicked people have taken control of all the major institutions of our cities and towns, and they do not want to give up this control over our lives. They will fight tooth and nail to keep this control because it greatly benefits them monetarily to maintain this control over us. Guess what? <laughs> this is all the work of the Antichrist Catholics. But the good news is, the good news is that all of this ushers in the second coming of Christ and the final victory over evil. This is we, where we are at right now in world history. What I just described to you is where we're at right now in world history. The left, the woke left, wants to completely dismantle the authentic Catholic Church for the world to see. And in many places, the Catholic Church has been supplanted by what we would call the deep state, deep state Catholicism, or Catholicism Incorporated. That's the deep state. 
The deep state is the subversion of the church for purely political and earthly ends, the co-opting of Catholic doctrine to advance to advance the vision of the world decidedly anti-Catholic and anti-Christian, anti-Western civilization, which is Christian. But deep state Catholicism, it's dressed up in a religious and spiritual sounding language to make it appear holy and beyond criticism. It is neither holy, nor should it ever be beyond criticism because at the heart of deep state Catholicism lies the destruction of the true church. And make no bones about this, Marxism has seized hold of the deep state Catholicism. And it seeks to destroy all that went before it and replace it with a world of darkness where humanity made in the image and likeness of God is enslaved. All of this, you see a lot of this with the World Economic Forum. This is part of the deep state where they're manufacturing energy crises in order to get in front of this, they need to reduce the population through wars, viruses, hazmat spills, man-caused food shortages, vaccines, contraception and abortion. Big government is so powerful, so are gigantic corporations, they are very powerful as well. This is called, again, corporatocracy. And what would happen if the entire planet formed an alliance to control the entire planet, the deep state and the deep church? That would be the work of the Antichrist. This is why in this month of June, I ask you to, just throughout the day, I mean, I'm saying about 10 or 20 times a day, because it's the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, just throughout the day, say, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in Thee. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in Thee. Just find any reason to, to project those beautiful words into the cosmos and say, Most sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in thee. And also, for all you Catholic men out there, I would ask you, every single day, raise your right hand inside your house and over your house. And say, may the peace of Christ be upon this house. Do that once a day, every day for the rest of your life. Raise your right hand in the air inside your house, which is your domestic church. It is your castle. It is yours through divine law and spiritual and, and divine and natural law. And you are the priest of the home. Every Catholic man. Raise your right hand once a day and say, May the peace of Christ be upon this house. Let's call God's blessings down upon our house, everybody in the house, all articles in the house. And that happens through the patriarchal prayer of the husband and father. We'll be right back. Next segment, we're going to listen to uh, the founder of the John Birch Society talks about the New World Order. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. There's many people in history that I I truly respect that were before my time. Uh, One of them is the founder of the the John Birch Society founder, Robert Welch. Uh, John Birch, uh, you have also uh, uh, the the conservative radio talk show host, uh, uh, so, so many, so many names that they were prescient in what they said. I want you to hear right now. It's a powerful speech by the John Birch society founder. His name is Robert Welch. And he describes the downfall of America. That's now taking place under the Biden regime. But he gave this speech back in 1958. He was an anti-communist businessman who basically lays out the new world order that's unfolding right before our eyes. And so, Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip, please? A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations, of which the United Nations is the outstanding, but far from the only example. Now, here are the aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare, the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace, peace always on communist terms, of course. And 10, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. (laughs) Insiders dust out of your eyes, my friends, and the communist soap suds out of your brain, and ask yourselves in all honesty, what on earth is wrong with the United States simply minding its own business?
while with having its foreign policy function primarily for the safety and benefit of the American people. <laughs> Which is exactly what we had done for the first 140 years of our existence as a nation to the incredible advantage of ourselves and everybody else. Everybody, that is, except a numerically small clique of power-lusting conspirators who had somehow inflicted themselves on a gullible world. While we turn to a very brief summarization of what we hope the John Birch Society will help and even sometimes lead the American people to accomplish during the next 15 years. One, our first and most important specific undertaking should be to restore the complete independence of the United States. This This includes our resolution to get us out of the United Nations and get the United Nations out of the United States. <laughs> Two, we must once again make our money freely redeemable in gold at some realistic price. And we must take all practicable legislative steps to prevent a recurrence of the enormous thievery and other subversive crimes that have been perpetrated on the American people through a contrived inflation by every president from Franklin Roosevelt through Richard Nixon. Wow. Three. Wow. Three, we should reduce the number of government bureaus, of government civilian employees, and the whole quantity of government by at least 50 percent. And, and we should achieve at least this much reduction in proper fashion through gradually convincing a majority of the American people of the wisdom of such a course. Four, we should withdraw all American troops from every spot on earth that is not American soil except when and where such troops may be required as decided by Congress to protect American lives and property from criminal vandalism. Five. Five, we should get government out of the areas and functions and activities where government does not belong. Again, Again, all steps to this end should be taken gradually, but nevertheless, just as rapidly as enough of the American people can be persuaded to support such progress. Any such achievement will require a truly massive educational force, but that's exactly what we hope to build during the next 15 years. We could go ahead for at least 100 numbered items. But the John Birch Society will undoubtedly be working on more than that many specific projects, which will be laid out in its bulletins before another 180 months will have rolled around. And all of them will fit into, all of these projects will fit into the general pattern indicated by the five major objectives listed above. So let's really wind up this marathon monologue with one final thought. None of us can guarantee anything about what the future will bring. Your speaker knows what a job we have before us to rid our country of the scourge of communism, 
within the next few years, and then to go ahead on our constructive program so well that 15 years from now, we shall already be entering an era of far less government, of a much sounder sense of responsibility, and, with God's help, of a better world. But I sincerely believe that it can be done, and this much I know. If every man and woman in this audience should leave here tonight feeling in his or her own mind and heart that it can and must be, bedo must be done, then it surely will be. And so, all of you patriots of good character, good conscience, and noble ideals, whom we can reach with the filmed version of this speech in a thousand other audiences, it is with a great deal of confidence and energizing will to win that we invite you to join us in our epic undertaking. While to all of you great, wonderful friends in this present audience, I certainly extend my very deep thanks indeed for so much patience and attention. Thank you and good night. That speech was given almost uh, 65 years ago, but it's tr it rings true because it is true. It doesn't matter when it was given. Voices like, that, that was Robert Welch, by the way. That speech was by, given by Robert Welch. He was the founder of the John Birch Society, and he describes the downfall of America now taking place right now. He was talking 60, 70 years ago. He was an anti, Robert Welch was an anti-communist businessman who basically laid out the New World Order takeover that's unfolding today. And uh, Robert Welch Jr., the one that gave the speech, again, founder of the John Birch Society, he was a candy businessman and he was a staunch anti-communist dedicated to the pursuit of free market principles and limited government, which is a total Catholic principle. And so this, in, in this 1958 speech, you heard him. He prophetically laid out the New World Order's ongoing scheme to destroy American sovereignty with the aim of ushering in a global government system. And in his powerful remarks, a couple of things, a couple of takeaways that, uh, that I jotted down, Robert Welch describes the communist takeover as follows. The first point he talks about is the the gradual surrender of American sovereignty to various international organizations, including the United Nations. And today, we would say the, the World Economic Forum as well. He also talked about, Robert Wells talked about the, ex, the expansion of government spending. It's wasteful. And they're doing this on purpose. They're spending money and they're being as wasteful as possible. The third thing he pointed out, the third takeaway he says that uh, this big government will increase taxes on the poor and the middle class. We see that today. He also said that this government will, in, this communist government will inflate the currency. He also says that uh, this uh, a government that's been taken over by communist principles will centralize the power in Washington. That's exactly what we see. And also a government that's been taken over by communist principles will eliminate state lines. In other words, open borders. Everything he says 60 to 70 years ago, uh, this man was prescient. It's happening right now. Uh, Cicero once warned us 2,000 years ago that those who do not know history are doomed to repeat its mistake. And that's what we see right now. That's why I personally tap into to speakers on, 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 uh, on uh, the internet like Pat Buchanan. Sound minds like him, sound Catholic minds. 
uh, Cleon Skousen, the author of The Naked Communist, William Buckley, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who spoke a lot about communism, Paul Harvey, and this gentleman here, Robert Welch. By the way, uh, if you want to know who, uh, who John Birch was, John Birch himself, he was, he died in 1945. He was an American Baptist minister and he was a missionary. He served our country in the United States Army Air Force Military Intelligence as a captain and he was an OSS agent in China during World War II. But he came back and he saw the infiltration already starting back in the 50s and 60s and he spoke out against it and uh, thus the John Birch Society was founded with only 11 members but by the early 1960s they'd grown into a membership of nearly 100,000 Americans around the country. You're listening to Jesus 911. Up next, I want to talk about June is the month of the Sacred Heart. A perfect time for enthronement. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. Say that throughout the day in the month of June. The month of is, is the month of the sacred heart of Jesus. This is a perfect time to do a home enthronement of the sacred heart of Jesus. So a sacred heart home enthronement, this goes back about 200, 200 years, even longer. So it involves special prayers and what you do is you buy an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and, you know, put a nice frame on it and put the Sacred Heart of Jesus image somewhere that's very prominent in your living room. Prominent display. So family and friends alike can see that Jesus Christ has the most prominent place in your house. The, <clears throat> the Second Vatican Council St. Augustine and more than one Pope have termed the family as a domestic church. So your house is a little church. Therefore, enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is a dedication of the family to the Sacred Heart of Jesus based on the eternal, limitless, limitless love for mankind born by our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, he promised, he promised harmony within the home to believers who honor and expose his sacred heart. Can you imagine that? That's the promise of having the sacred heart of Jesus enthroned. Jesus promises harmony within the home to believers who honor and expose his sacred heart. What a promise. And many Catholic families who participate in the apostolate, they report that through it, they have received many blessings and peace. The apostolate recognizes Jesus' kingship over the family, as well as over the church and the world. And an important 
An important goal of home enthronement of the Sacred Heart is to unite the two tabernacles of church and home. This unification leads to a synthesis of purpose between Catholic families and those in religious life. But the primary, the primary symbolism for the Sacred Heart originates in Christ's crucifixion. Remember, in the piercing of Jesus' fleshly human heart, described in John 19.34, what happened? The blood and water that flowed from this wound, as recounted by the Gospel writer St. John, represented the promise fountain of living waters that would grant eternal life, the promise made in John chapter 7, verse 37. Jesuit father, George Twig Porter, who passed away in 2006, he's a good man, he served as Western States Regional Director for the Apostleship of Prayer. This is an 175-year organization that facilitates enthronements. Father Twig Porter told families that enthronement to the Sacred Heart leads us in devotion to our Lord and to prayer commitments to lessen the world's evils. Charity begins at home, he said, and healing our world can begin with us and our family. I believe that injustice, discrimination, abortion, and government corruption can be overcome if we think more like Jesus. Don't you agree? Of course we do. According to resident Tom Mueller of the Diocese of Orange, who had the enthronement in 1961 and who began his involvement in the apostolate in the early 70s, enthronement has been a blessing both to his family and spiritual life. The essence of our Lord's promises to those who enthrone his sacred heart is that he will help us cope with life in a spiritual and temporal sense. Tom Mueller noted those promises have been a true reality in our lives. He says, my wife and I raised six children as they were growing up. The Lord was with us every step of the way. Home enthronement involves, here's what it involves. Securing a blessed picture or statue of Jesus Christ, exposing his sacred heart, and displaying the picture prominently for family and visitors alike. In addition to offering daily personal devotions, the family prays a consecration renewal prayer to the Sacred Heart that renews their communal covenant. They offer this prayer either before the enthroned image or at the evening meal. The apostolate also encourages keeping holy hours in the home, daily reading of scripture, observing the first Friday devotion of Holy Communion. Home enthronement honors Jesus Christ as king and ruler of the household, religious community, or any other structured organization. Let me give you a little bit of the history of of enthronement. In the 17th century, a series of church-approved apparitions by our Lord in France emphasized the importance of the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. From 1673 to 1675, in the Visitation Chapel of Parais-le-Monial in France, 
Our Lord is said to have appeared repeatedly to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, displaying his sacred heart. The heart was surrounded by thorns and bore the wound of the Roman soldier's spear and the cross was visible just above it among, among its surrounding flames. Jesus revealed much through St. Margaret Mary, including a direction to the faithful to remember with prayer and deed the love he bears for all mankind and that men should honor his sacred heart. That was the message. So in the early 20th century, Father Matteo Crawley was cured of physical weakness and neurasthenia while visiting the same chapel. And in 1907, he petitioned Pope Pius X to commission a ministry directed at encouraging enthronement of the sacred heart in Catholic families. And he was commanded to start immediately. This work that he had begun in Chile now, now would spread to South American countries, Palestine, Europe, Asia, Indonesia, Japan, and the Philippines, and the United States, its founder. In the U.S., its founder was Father Francis Larkin, and through lay apostles who visit homes and assist families in preparing for enthronement. Frequent Mass, Communion, and Prayer in the Home are the central focus for this apostolate. Daily prayer is critical for Catholic families today, said Monsignor Hugh O'Connor, an Irish priest who worked with the apostolate for many years, including as a Diocese of Orange director for the Apostleship of Prayer. The Catholic faith requires that we pray during the day and during the week as well as on Sunday. And uh, he noted and instructed that it's important not to miss or not to misinterpret Vatican II's emphasis on the liturgy of the Mass by de-emphasizing private devotions. Monsignor O'Connor recommended the use of a leaflet provided by the Apostleship of Prayer is called My Daily Offering. That includes a monthly devotional intention approved by Pope St. Pius, the, uh, Saint Pope uh, John Paul II. And Monsignor O'Connor also spoke of the importance of First Friday Mass and Holy Communion as well, as well as celebration of the solemnity of the Sacred Heart, which will occur this year on June 11th. The promises that Jesus made for those who honor His Sacred Heart are many. In 1899, Pope Leo XIII approved a short list of these provisions. These included establishing peace within the family, blessing every family that exposes and honors the Sacred Heart, consolation in times of difficulty, and all the graces necessary for one's state in life. According to Tom Mueller, lay Catholic from Orange County, he said the only thing that the Lord didn't promise was freedom from the cross, but the graces flowing from the enthronement can help individuals and families to cope with their crosses, and we all have them. As a lay apostle, Tom Mueller has personally instructed and prepared hundreds of families and organizations for enthronements. Those who wish to enthrone the Sacred Heart receive three to four hours of instruction in order to learn how to live their new lives with the Sacred Heart. 
We ask families to enter into a spirit of reparation. Tom Mueller said of preparing to enthrone the sacred heart. We enter into the spirit of our Lord's passion and death to make reparation for our own sins and those of others. As Jesus said to St. Margaret Mary, he said, quote, My enemies put a crown of thorns around my head, but my friends put a crown of thorns around my heart. Wow. Those of us who are closest to the Lord drive the thorns into his heart when we sin. But our Lord is looking for those good souls who through their own daily lives and sacrifice can make up for sin. We call that reparation. Daily prayers by those in this apostolate can take many forms. One favorite is the litany of the sacred heart. Others include litanies to Our Lady and the Holy Spirit, the rosary or personal devotions. Many who enthroned the sacred heart in their holy hours spent an hour in prayer at their house. First Friday devotions are also popular. At its center, the enthronement apostolate seeks to bring participants personally closer to the eternal and limitless, limitless love of Jesus through prayer and devotion. Whether we acknowledge it or not, Jesus Christ is the king of the world. And in this apostolate, we emphasize that while trying to lead others to recognize the kingship of Christ, that's what this is all about. To bring in the social reign of Christ the King into every Catholic home and ultimately into every Catholic nation. Stick around. We'll be right back. More on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. So, let me talk a little bit about more about home enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Every every house I've lived in for the last 40 years, I've done the Sacred Heart home enthronement from apartment to house to house. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona now. I enthroned this house to the Sacred Heart of Jesus eight years ago when I moved here. And so one of the things that I do to maintain uh, the graces from the home enthronement to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is I say this prayer is called the act of consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus every day. So every day, this is in my living room, it goes like this. Almighty Father, we consecrate ourselves and our home to the sacred heart of Jesus, who loves us with a tender and everlasting love. May we return this love to him in the way we treat, respect, and love each other. We pledge to live our lives together in the ways of Christ Jesus. We welcome Jesus as a living member of our family. We invite him to be the heart of our family. We accept Mary as our heavenly mother. We implore her protection and help in our daily lives. May our love go beyond our homes into the world so that we may do our part to build up your kingdom, to feed the hungry, to help the poor, and to lead all souls to your sacred heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's the daily consecration prayer that I do in the morning or, or in the evening. And that's that per, con, continues that, that perpetual sacred heart home enthronement that I did when I moved in here eight years ago. The Sacred Heart of Jesus Home Enthronement is so powerful that guess what? The oldest exorcist 
in the United States. His name's Monsignor John Essef. I think he's 95 or 96 years old. He's the exorcist from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He was assigned as the diocesan exorcist of Scranton when he was 50 years old. So he's the longest and the oldest exorcist in the United States. You know how he drives demons out? When he, when he goes and does a house blessing for houses that are infested, you know what he does? He does the sacred heart home enthronement to drive out demons from houses. He says that he actually rediscovered this in his priestly ministry, the power of driving out demons from a house. Once, once you make Jesus king and the center of the family. So the family home enthronement ritual prayers can be led by a Catholic priest or the father of the house, either one, a Catholic priest or the father of the house because he's the priest of the house. Those are the only two people that can do a family home enthronement. This, uh, this is a way to bless your house and to protect your house from evil spirits. The sacred heart of Jesus home enthronement. Because here's what happens. Let me give you a little bit of the theology. When you enthrone your house to the sacred heart of Jesus, you, as the father of the house, you're officially installing Jesus by conscription as the king and center of your family, which is your domestic church. And dad, when you do the sacred home enthronement of the sacred heart of Jesus, it's only about a 20 minute prayer. You do it with your wife and your kids. You can invite friends if you want family members. What you're doing is you're putting angels and demons on notice. What you're basically saying with this prayer is this house belongs to Christ the King. That's what you're saying. The prayers are paraliturgical. So this paraliturgical action, it causes angels to come to your house and it causes demons to flee from your home. Enthroning your home to the sacred heart of Jesus puts demons on notice. It says, you don't belong here. Get out. Doing the sacred heart home enthronement is the equivalent of what the Marines did at the Battle of Iowa Jima on February, from February to March 1945. This was a, a major battle in which the United States Marine Corps and the United States Navy, they landed on and eventually captured the island of Iowa Jima from the Imperial Japanese Army during World War II. And as you recall, the Marines planted the American flag on a hill. This let the Japanese imperialists know, this is ours, we won, get out. Well, guess what? This is exactly what you do spiritually when you enthrone your home to the sacred heart of Jesus. You're telling demons, get out. This house belongs to Jesus Christ. And the demons will respond. They have to respond. You know why? Because you have now imposed spiritual order into your house by making Jesus the center of your home and the weight of your prayer 
because it was done either by a priest or the father of the home, who, by the way, remember the theology, he is, he is the Saint Joseph. He is the Saint Joseph of the house. He is the Saint Joseph, terror of demons. And because he is the Saint Joseph, terror of demons of the house, this demands responds to those in positions of authority. Absolutely. The prayer done by either a priest, a Catholic priest, or the father of the home demands a response to those in positions of authority. Demons are bound to follow the authority structure set up by God through natural law and divine positive law. In fact, Monsignor John Essif, as I told you, he's the oldest exorcist in the United States of America. Whenever he, get, he gets called out to bless a haunted house, so to speak, or, or what, we, what we would call as Catholics, a house that's, that's infested with demons, of all the prayers that can be used by an exorcist, Monsignor John Essif uses the sacred heart, home, enthronement prayers to drive out demons from houses of those afflicted by the diabolical. The Sacred Heart of Jesus family home enthronement prayers can be led by a Catholic priest or the father of the house, as I told you before. Me personally, I recommend that the father of the house do the home enthronement prayers because he lives at the location and demons yield to a husband's and the father's authority. When the man of the house does the home enthronement, it makes him more responsible for his interior life, his growth in virtue, and his holiness. Instead of just saying, Father, can you come and do the home enthronement? Oh, thank you, Father. See you later. Thank you very much. And then the man goes and continues living a life of mortal sin and debauchery. It doesn't work that way. That's why it's better if the husband, the father of the house, does the home enthronement because now it makes the man more more responsible. He's going to say, wow. I just made Jesus king and center of my house. I just called in angels to surround my house. I just put demons on notice and threw them out. I did that because I'm the priest of the home. I'm the St. Joseph, terror of demons of the house. And now I've got to live up to that, that state in life. This is my state in life. This is my vocation. I did something very powerful. I planted the flag of Christ in the middle of my living room and I put angels and demons on notice. Now, I've got to live up to that high calling. So, to enthrone your house, all you have to do is go on the internet and there's just type in sacred heart home enthronement and there's several apostles, several websites that'll come up you can choose one. Sacred Heart Home Enthronement. They will send you, the, the prayers are online on their websites. So you could print out the prayers, set a date when you're going to do this, send them a little donation. They'll send you a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You put a frame, a nice gold frame around it. It'll ask you to make a shrine or an altar somewhere in your house where you're going to install Jesus in the most prominent place in the living room. And 
you set a date when you're going to do this. You can invite other extended family and friends and you are going to lead everybody in the prayers. Everybody will respond. But the man of the house leads people in the prayers to make Jesus the king and center of your house. Especially the times that we're living in right now. I think every single Catholic man, it would be wise for him. Get on the internet, type in Sacred Heart of Jesus Home Enthronement. Sacred Heart of Jesus Home Enthronement. It's simple. It's simple. Even a child can do it. Order the prayers or print them out online. Buy the picture. You can order it online. Put a picture frame on it. Decide, you and your wife decide where you're going to put it in the living room on that day. Obviously adorn the picture, the shrine with flowers and candles. And it's about a 15 to 20 minute prayer service that's conducted by the father, the dad of the house. And once again, when dad does this prayer, because he has authority, he's the priest of the house. He's the St. Joseph of the house. Guess what? Angels will respond and so will demons. Because they're, they're bound to follow the authority structure set up by God through natural law and divine positive law. And that is that the Father is the priest of the home. You've been listening to Jesus 911. I want to thank you for uh, family for tuning in. Remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. Up next... Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. And the conference is this, uh, in two weeks, uh, June 17th, June 17th, the men's conference with my brother Johnny and me, June 17th. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be the day after the Dodgers procession, a prayer rally. So on June 17th, Johnny and myself will be giving a men's conference at the Sacred Heart Chapel. You don't want. Oh, and Dan Schneider is also going to be one of the speakers, Dr. Dan Schneider. So it's going to be a threesome. Dr. Dan Schneider, Johnny, and myself, Sons of Thunder, June 17th, Sacred Heart Chapel. That's a wrap. Remember, say throughout the month, every single day, several times, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in Thee. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in Thee. All right, family, see you later. EOW, end of watch. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Keep the faith. <laughs>